0: Here's today's transformational truth that we're working with. Temporary pain often reveals permanent purpose. Welcome to the Transformational Truth Podcast, where we're committed to eliminating the obstacles that take the joy out of life and leadership. Our special guest today is Daryl Stinson. Daryl is a former Division I athlete. He's a dynamic, motivational speaker. He is the founder of Second Chance Athletes, and he has been featured on Fox, ABC, NCAA, TEDx, and some of the top podcasts in the United States. What a dynamic leader. Listen, after going from suicidal to successful, Daryl uses his experience to help athletes and entrepreneurs shed their past stories, and create a massive impact that aligns with their highest purpose. Daryl is the author of the Amazon best-selling book, Who Am I After Sports?, an athlete's roadmap to discover new purpose and live fulfilled. When he's not working, Daryl enjoys spending time with his wife and three beautiful daughters. I am excited to bring Daryl Stinson to you on today's episode of Transformational Truths. Daryl, welcome to Transformational Truths. We're really excited you're here.
1: I'm, I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me. And if you are tuning in, Uh, Grab a pen like this is going to be some magic. Pastor Travis is my father in the face, so I know good things are going to happen. The hardest thing is going to be him interviewing me and not me interviewing him. And if you're driving, please like uh, uh, pin this, uh, save this for later, because uh, we don't want you to take notes while you're driving. We believe in your health.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we do. Yes, we do. So here's today's transformational truth that we're working with. Temporary pain often reveals permanent purpose. What we're talking about today is redeeming our painful seasons. And though we're not always able to see it when it's happening. Adversity is oftentimes the shovel that unearths the purpose and potential buried beneath the surface of our lives. We're usually unaware of it when it's happening, but our most disappointing moments are often destiny moments. And when you're walking through the fire, you just want to escape the heat. But when the smoke clears and you come out the other side, you're able to see more clearly than ever before that while God didn't send the fire, He'll always redeem the fire that you went through Mm. to accomplish something great within you and something something powerful through you. Mm. Listen, everybody, I cannot think of a better person to unpack this transformational truth than our guest, Daryl Stinson. And as Daryl already said, he's a, he's a son of the faith to me. And so uh, I'm confident that the problem with this podcast will not be a lack of content, but rather because of our relationship, the abundance of it, I know it's going to be rich. Um, let's get started. Daryl, you were a Division I collegiate athlete with an incredibly bright future. I had a front row seat to see part of your athletic career. You had dreams of going to the next level. It appeared as though those dreams for a time, they were actually going to come true. But all of that came unexpectedly crashing down. I want you to talk to our audience about that painful season of your life. Oh,
1: man, you know, I think just to sum up that season, it was everything that I had worked so hard to achieve got ripped away from me. I mean, and it's crazy that we're having this conversation in this season because, you know, COVID did that to a lot of people. Um, It completely eliminated what they had in mind. And, And so it wasn't just that, you know, I was a good athlete. I literally thought it was my purpose. I mean, you couldn't have told me anything different. God gave me the athletic talent. It ran in my family. My dad was an elite athlete. Like, my aunt was an Olympic athlete. Like, everyone has the option to be an athlete in my family because it's just in our genetics. I'm like, God, you gave me this ability. You gave me this opportunity. Like, I remember even in the recruiting season, I really wanted to go to a college that allowed me to play both football and basketball because I was still undecided at which I wanted to play professional at. And, you know, I prayed, you know, even though I was like – kind of was agnostic. I I prayed to God because that's what we do when we're desperate. And I asked him, God opened up an opportunity for me. And like, in long story short, like God opened the door for me to play at Central Michigan, where I was supposed to be allowed to play both sports. And so God answered prayer. He gave me the ability. I had the work ethic. I built my whole life. This was my purpose. And so when that got stripped away, I was like, well, why am I here? Like, what am I Mm -hmm. supposed to do with my life when this was my purpose? And, you know, what I learned from that, Pastor, is that, you know, sometimes we have to let go of what we had in mind to experience what God had in store. Mm -hmm. And obviously, I didn't know that at the time. But in retrospect, I see that that vision for my life had to die so that what God had in store could live. Wow. And, and for some people, it's like that. I mean, even with like certain relationships that we thought they were going to work out and be the one that we married, I've got that story too, you know, and, and this business that we thought was going to take off and it didn't. Sometimes we just have to let that thing die so that what God has in store can truly live.
0: Wow. Well, it's already rich. Daryl, I think one of the things that that you hear me talk about a lot, conversations we have often is the importance of the right message and the church that I have the privilege of pastoring Life Church International, we embrace the new covenant, the finished work of Christ. And one of the messages that we're always sharing and teaching that I think brings a lot of freedom, and you just really spoke to it uh, indirectly, was the dangers of tying all of our identity to our activity. Mm-hmm. And I just heard you say that in a very unique way. Um, while you're pursuing purpose and believed it was your purpose, when that came crashing down, you you, you went through a a season of identity crisis in a way.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, because it was attached wholeheartedly to right, what right. I did. And that's the thing, you know, when your purpose is attached, when your identity is attached to your activity, when the activity, the work gets taken away, you think that you don't matter. You think that you don't have purpose because they're so intertwined. And so God had to really let that die. And and now I realize like, man, you know, what I do is is going to change, you know, um, you know, I might do this in this season and something else in another, but like God's love for me, his plan for my life, his, who I am in him, just it's, ne- it's unchangeable. It's unshakable. Yeah. So it's a foundation that cannot be shaken. And so why not have something in our life that is stable versus something that's ever changing? So Excellent. yeah, that's very important.
0: Excellent, excellent. Yeah, our identity is solely in Christ. That's the only. That's the only place that we won't be disappointed. Daryl, I'm curious. Division one uh, football player, whether it's a large school or a small school, the dynamics are the same. when When you play Division one athletics, especially a sport like football, you're looked at different on campus. You get different kinds of attention on campus. Uh, Everyone wants to be around you. Everyone wants to know you. People want your autograph. People want pictures with you. That's just part of that life. Here's, Here's what I'm curious about, and maybe you can speak to this. How did the high opinions of everyone else around you impact your identity and how you connected to the sport?
1: Ooh, good question. So, you know, I think affirmation oftentimes, you know, creates a sense of, identity or understanding of self. And so wherever people affirm is oftentimes what we will gravitate towards. Right. And even if that, even from a negative sense, right. So if someone always is calling you a nobody, the black sheep that's of the true. family, you're stupid, That's true. you know, calling you by your issue, you'll start to identify with that. And so, yeah, everyone just, that's all they talk to me about. Right. <laughs> it was, you know, the sports aspect and yeah, that's definitely what influenced my identity in, and, and not just that is I, I I thought that that's the only thing that they cared about because that's all they talked about. No mm-hmm. one really asked me about my personal life. Everyone just wanted to talk about the game or the athlete that I played against. So you know, yeah, it, it was it 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 made it to where I wanted and desired to be a professional athlete more. And then when I wasn't, and the silence was deafening. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, devastating. I, I think that was probably one of the worst things about athletic transition was all those people that were asking for autographs, asking how I'm doing. You just want to talk about sports. Right. I heard nothing. Hmm. I mean, not not. And I know we're we're not going to get into this. We can if you want to. But like I sold drugs, too. So like my phone was always buzzing either from drugs or people want to know about sports. And when I got saved (laughs) and and I was done with sports, the people asking about my career and autographs like they stopped in the drug stop. So Mm. I was literally sitting there, I never forget, like looking at my phone and it didn't ring or buzz for like an hour. And I'm sitting here like, nobody cares about me. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Wow. That affirmation of that identity. And and here's the thing, you know, this is why I think spiritual fathers in the faith are so important. And I know that now, didn't know it then. But people, to me, the the average person only sees on the service side surface, but a father sees into the soul. Mm. A father sees God's plan and purpose for your life. And so I I don't necessarily blame people that they saw this tall guy that was athletically built and had talent and that's all they saw. So that's all they could speak to, but it takes a a spiritual mature eye, a, a father or mother in the faith to look beyond the talent of an individual and see into the purpose and the destiny into the, into the individual.
0: That's so important. And I also think it takes a certain perspective because you weren't always where you are now. You weren't, you weren't always able to see it that way. I think um, you've matured in your perspective to a degree that you can look back and say, I'm, I'm not angry about it. I'm not mad about it. But there was a time that there, there was a lot of emotion. Um, in fact, in your book, first of all, your book is incredible. You're extremely transparent in the book. Um, And I think that's important. I think for our listeners, that's important to understand because you can never be more powerful than you are vulnerable. And you're very vulnerable. In fact, you share a seriously grim moment from perhaps the lowest moment of your life. And I want to share that with our listeners, Daryl. Here's something you wrote. You said it was Friday, August 17th, 2012. I, a six foot five, former division one athlete, lay shivering violently on a freezing metal hospital bed in the psychiatric unit at Henry Ford Hospital in Detroit, Michigan. A broad-shouldered, middle-aged doctor walked into my room, introduced himself, and said, So, tell me, Daryl, why did you attempt to kill yourself? He asked in a way that I could tell he was so used to seeing people at their worst. Leave me alone. I just want to die, I responded, holding my pumping stomach and clenching my teary-wet eyes. The pain of trying to answer that question was unbearable. Daryl, sitting here today, Looking back at that moment in the hospital, what was happening in your heart that day?
1: I was deeply wounded, deeply in pain. Uh, I was wounded by a girlfriend that left me. I was wounded by the coaches that no longer supported me or called me. I was wounded by teammates who no longer were checking in on me. Um, I was in pain because I didn't believe in myself. I felt like a failure. Mm. You know, I had gave it my everything and some and still came up short. Uh, I felt like I let my family down because not that they ever asked for it, but there's always this unspoken rule that, you know, when you make it, you help all of us out. Right. And and knowing that I failed and I wasn't going to be able in my mind at that time to help, you know, my mom get out of poverty, my dad, you know, experience you know, financial success and my, my, my sisters and my, really my whole family, you know, I felt like I let everybody down and I was in pain and, and, and it was emotional pain that I wasn't used to dealing with.
0: Mm-hmm. You know,
1: when you have sports as an outlet, you know, a lot of times you deal with personal issues by knocking somebody around <laughs> or outperforming somebody, you know, right. you blow off steam. Right. But I didn't have that. And not only did I not have it, I, I didn't even have the choice to have it. Mm. And that felt very. I felt trapped because I could. I remember trying to like just go exercise, and I couldn't because of my back injury. And so it's like, man, I just got to deal with this pain. And I didn't know how to deal with my emotional pain. I was, you know, I'm an athlete. We don't talk about problems, and right, you no, know, we don't. We don't cry. We don't talk about, right, uh, you know, the fact that I don't feel like I have purpose or fulfillment. Like, you know, that's not something men talk about. So I just bottled all that stuff in, and it was so tormenting that I I literally thought the pain of dying was better than the pain of living.
0: Mm.
1: And, you know, that's why I attempted, attempted suicide. And, you know, um, <clears throat> you know, I was thinking about this <clears throat> because there I was thinking about just pain and people that go through pain in general and nobody wants to go through it. And we all, we all preach that there's purpose in your pain, right? The guy can redeem that. Season. And I was thinking about it in and, and the scripture That I want to share, and I know it's a common scripture, it comes from the book of James, and I know we all can probably quote it, but it's counted all joy, my brothers and sisters, when you meet trials, various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance, and let perseverance have its full effect, that that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Here's what I didn't know, that prior to that struggle, prior to that depression, prior to that low moment, that God was actually supplying something that I was lacking wow and, and 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 i think that that we 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 always present the process as a means to an end i think mm. the process is a gift in itself mm. like god gave me something in that moment that I can never replace by any other moment. Had I not been through that, I wouldn't be able to be a mental health advocate. I wouldn't be able to be a speaker at TEDx. Like I wouldn't be able right. to do any of that stuff. Right. So God was like, I see your end from your beginning. And I know that this is a necessary process that you have to go through because I want to give you something, not because I'm trying to test you so you can fail, but because I'm trying to show you who you are.
0: Yeah. 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 That's, That's so good. Listen, I'm convinced of it, Daryl, and I think your life is a living testimony of this reality. I'm convinced that adversity is really just the building blocks that God uses to construct our platforms. And God will take those adverse seasons of our life and really give us a platform. And allow us to use our voice for Him, and I think for for some that are listening, uh, that may be a difficult thing to comprehend. I think sometimes we get worried about a platform or building a platform or having a platform, almost like somehow we're, you know, robbing glory from God. I, I think in, unless your heart and your intention is to do so, I don't think that can happen. Here's what I think: uh, I don't think God is insecure. I don't, God, God said to Abraham, he said, I'm going to make your name great, Abraham. I'm going to take everything you've been through, all of your difficulties, shortcomings, uh, failures, um, uh, painful seasons. And I'm going to use that as a platform and I'm going to make your name great. And I see God doing that in your life, Daryl. I've watched God favor you, bless you in a unique way. And he is taking your adversity and building an incredible platform and you're using your voice to bring hope to millions of people. Uh, in fact, that's a great transition to my next question. Our, our transformational truth today is temporary pain often reveals permanent purpose. Your adversity became a catalyst for destiny. Tell us there, what purpose was birthed from that extremely low moment of your life?
1: Yeah, great question. Uh, my purpose, uh, to be a kingdom leader, you know, like I, it, everything gets summed up in that because prior to that moment, I was an unbeliever. I, I was not saved. I did not have faith in Christ. And it wasn't until I was in that psychiatric unit and that moment happened. And I'll just share with the listeners who, who may not have heard that story before. And so I'm, I'm, I'm 219 pounds. I, my playing weight at that time um, when I was a junior was 275 pounds. Um, I went from 275 pounds to 219 pounds in four weeks from attempting suicide. I would mix, uh, alcohol with pills and get in the car, hoping that it would, uh, end it all. I'll never forget, um, swallowing a whole bottle of oxycodone and literally, uh, waking up the next day, not only not dead, but not even high. Mm. And I was so angry that God just wouldn't let me die. And so I was just like, you know what? I'm going to do something that God can't stop. You know, I'm going to drive off this highway. (sighs) I try not to cry. So I do a bunch of drugs. I'm sitting in this car and uh, I wrote my suicide letter. And I start driving 75 miles per hour down a 35 mile per hour road. Cause I was going to drive off onto an intersecting highway. And I, I rode past this church mm-hmm. that I knew had moved from a storefront location to a street called Broomfield. And when I rode past the church, I heard the voice of the Holy Spirit say, pick up your phone. Hmm. And my phone was on silent. And it just so happened that my mother was calling me. I still to this day, don't know how she knew something was wrong. Cause I, I didn't tell anybody. I was just in this car, just, just tripping. And my mom, I pick up the phone, it's my mom. And she's like, I don't know what's going on, but I just feel like you need to come see me. And the Holy Spirit's like, don't run away from your destiny. Mm. And my mother convinced me to drive all the way to Detroit, Michigan. And from Mount Pleasant, that was about a two and a half hour drive. I'm driving the whole way there. And I remember like, you know, I feel like even unbelievers know like the Christian songs that are popular. So I just put on like a Pandora Christian playlist and I'm playing this all the way there to to resist the urge for two and a half hours to drive onto to the other side of the highway. And I get there. And my mom's talking to me and she's trying to talk some sense into me and love on me. And I hadn't ate for like three days straight. So she's like, please try to eat something. And I, I when you're when you're so depressed, self-care goes out the window. Mm. So I was not trying to eat, take showers like anything. And um, all I can manage was to get like, I don't know, some like ramen down or something. And uh, my mom goes to sleep, goes in the room to go to sleep. And uh, and I sit there and I'm just dealing with these thoughts, dealing with these thoughts, dealing with these thoughts. And I'm like, this isn't going to work. There's no, there's only pain in my future. There's no purpose. And so I was like, I'm just going to go finish what I start. So I, I, I go outside and I get in the car and I get ready to go finish what I started. And I think my mom had uh, heard the screen door shut. So she hopped up and she literally like ran out and threw herself on the hood of my car and then, and I was like there's something in me that's just like I can't just like you know hurt my mom right and she's like just let me get you some help so i i thought that that i didn't know what that meant but i was like sure and at this point, I was crying so hard that my eyes were actually swollen shut. So I could only see just like a little slit out the bottom of them. Mm. My mom takes me to what I know now to be the psychiatric unit and um, psychiatric care unit in this hospital in Detroit. Um, I just thought it was like a regular hospital. So this doctor, as you read in that um, that uh, passage in my book, like starts asking me those questions, like you know, why did you attempt suicide? And I'm just like, leave me alone! I just want to die! And I'm screaming it at him, and it's, it was just so heavy. And uh, the best way I know how to describe this story is just, you know, there, there was this nurse, uh, I call her the nurse with green pants that came into mm-hmm. uh, my room. And I call her that because I, I could only see that much of her with my swollen eyes. And she comes in my room and, and, she, and she wraps me in her arms and she says, I don't know who you are and I don't have any jurisdiction to be back here in this part of the hospital, but God sent me back here to tell you that you need to say yes to him. Wow. And I was like, say yes to God. Like, that's not going to heal my back. That's not going to bring my girlfriend back. That's not going to bring my career back. Like, what's that going to do? And so I was just like, man, get away from me, lady. Like, leave me alone. I just want to die. My mother said that this woman prayed for me for about 15 minutes. But in my mind, it felt like five, because the whole time I just kept screaming, like, leave me alone. I just want to die. She left and she said she would come back and check on me. And then uh, probably somewhere like 10, 20 minutes later, my grandmother had uh, driven from Jackson all the way to Detroit. It was about an hour and a half drive. Um, and she, she ran in the hospital. She's out of breath. And she runs into the hospital room where I'm at. And she's like, Daryl, I've been praying for you the whole way here. God told me, you know, exactly what to do.
0: Mm. Say yes to him. Wow. So it's
1: the same command. Or request uh, a second time from two different people who didn't know each other, hadn't talked to each other. And I couldn't deny that it was God's way of trying to reach me. But my heart was so hard because I had been burned by religion before. Yeah. And um, I had read a lot of stuff that really messed with my mind and caused me just to believe that Christianity was just a religion meant to control people. Mm. And so I was like, grandmother is supposed to say something spiritual or religious. And so I literally like, like was pushing her away um, and saying like, grandma, that's, it's your God, you know, like that's not, that's not for me. Like, that's not going to help this situation out. And my grandma prayed for just like, like about five minutes. And, um, and all I know is that like the, It was so heavy in the room that it felt like wet blankets were sitting on top of everybody. Mm. And in that darkness, in that moment, in that pain, I heard the still small voice of God whisper to my heart again. And he said, son, will you just say yes to me? And it was something about hearing our father's voice, pastor, that gave me the strength to mutter out a yes. And the moment I said it, the depression that I had been facing for years immediately got lifted. I felt like light as a feather. My eyes actually got healed and I could see again and it felt so good. I didn't know what else to do. I just kept screaming. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. And that was my salvation moment. The the doctor heard me yelling throughout the hospital. And so he came into my room and he's like, yo, what's going on? And I was like, I was running from God and I just said yes to him. And he goes, (laughs) <laughs> All right, let's get this guy upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> True story. True story. You know, so don't scream in a psychiatric unit, right? Cuz they they might inject you with drugs or, you know, hurry up and, you know, coop you up, but everything changed that moment. And uh, you know, uh this is a cool part of the story. And I that, I want to say that happened on a Friday night and um I Uh, it wasn't legal, but I just kept telling every like counselor and uh, psychiatrist that I met with that I was running from God and I just said yes to him. Somehow I got out of there early and I was able to make it to church. I go to church and this guy named Pastor Travis was doing this uh, series. I want to, it was on like relationships and I came to the second service and he's like, man, I didn't preach just the first service, but I feel like God is leading me to preach something um, different in the whole sermon all you talked about was depression and suicide. Mm. You couldn't even get to the altar call. (laughs) And I was already up there on my knees, bawling, snotting like a baby. And I'll I'll never forget, you came up to me and you said this was was all for you. And uh, everything was changed from there.
0: Wow. Yeah. (laughs) Daryl, the Bible says that god the father offers us a pretty incredible exchange he said if you give me your ashes i'll give you beauty mm-hmm. he offers us to make a trade yeah you just give me your ashes i'll give you something that's beautiful and god's done that and he continues to do that in your life you gave him your ashes and he is creating something beautiful he takes the He takes the broken pieces and makes masterpieces um purpose was born out of that. Today, fast forward, here you are. You're an entrepreneur. You're a man of business. You're a man of the kingdom. You, you, you love reaching people with the message of the gospel. Um, TEDx speaker times two. That is a long ways away from the psychiatric units at Henry Ford Hospital in Detroit, Michigan. That is a long ways away from attempting suicide, Daryl. It's a long ways away from that low season of rejection. Summarize. Tell us all of these things that are happening. Second chance athletes, you've authored a book. Um, At a very early age, you've authored a book. You're helping other people start their businesses. You're helping other people learn how to speak coming from a guy who was scared to death when I met him to speak. Um, now is is speaking at, at TEDx talks and hundreds of thousands of views. Um, you're literally impacting millions of people. My goodness, talk about purpose being birthed. What in the world is happening? What has God birthed in your life?
1: A warrior, uh, a lover. I mean, you know, it's funny because you, you preached about the, what happens when we're saved and, and the transformation and the metamorphosis and what that means. And I think you said a, like a tiger becomes a Eagle and that's how drastic it is. A whole new species. Right. And I promise you, I'm a whole new species.
0: Yes, you are. Yeah.
1: And uh, I was telling this to you, one of our addiction recovery groups that I minister to. And I was just trying to tell them like one of the, the, most beautiful miracles that God's done in my life is not all the stuff that you just mentioned, but it's the fact that in my heart, I would never do some of the stuff that I did before. Right. Like I used to run in people's houses that I didn't know and still stuff that wasn't mine. And I was like, my heart wouldn't even let me do that now. Right. I, it, you know, cheating on women, like I couldn't even, you know, my heart is just so transformed and so different you know and uh and i'm just a new species and, wow. and when you're a new species when that tiger becomes an eagle and he figures out hey i can fly you know i can do all these things like, that's what this christian life is like to me it's like in christ you mean to tell me like like god can show me something prophetically about somebody's life in the middle of a restaurant you mean to tell me right that i i can i can speak and lay hands and people can be healed you mean to tell me i can i can do this God answers my prayer? God gives me wisdom? You mean to tell me I can walk into a room with people who are three times my age, and I don't even know, feel like I don't belong, but the Holy Spirit will give me wisdom and strategy and confidence and make me stand out because of Christ in me? You mean to tell me I can fly? Hmm. That's what this is like to me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The, for our listeners, the reference that Daryl's pointing to is um, um, a word that we find in in the New testament book of Romans transformed it 's the word metamorphosis, and a lot of people use the illustration of a of a caterpillar turning into a butterfly that is the the same scientific word metamorphoso, but the reality is that word is much much richer than that. it means so much more than that, and that 's what you're describing it is literally becoming something entirely different I mean, Daryl, everyone expects a caterpillar to turn into a butterfly uh nobody expected. Daryl Stinson to turn into what he's turned into. You are a different species. You're a different person. You've been transformed by the power of Christ. And I think uh, I think one of the reasons, Daryl, people struggle to see themselves actually doing what God created them to do is because they don't understand it's not the current version of themselves that's going to do it.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I think absolutely preach.
0: <laughs> I think that's probably one of the most challenging realities of destiny is that you get a glimpse of destiny and you can't see how it's possible because what you don't see is that it's not the current version of you that's going to fulfill it. There is a transformed version of us. It's the work of Christ within us. This is incredible. This is a true story of hope and transformation, and it is the gospel, Daryl, for somebody who is listening. And they might feel like their dreams have died. they're, They're disappointed. They're discouraged, maybe even depressed. What would you, someone who's endured so much disappointment and depression on this side of all of that, what would you say to that person
1: I Can relate, talk about it, complain about it, whine about it, cry about it. And when you do that, build yourself up in the most holy faith, mm-hmm. get around some people of faith that have been through some storms, start taking every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ and tell the enemy the opposite of what he's been telling you. Trust God and when you do that complain about it why about it and do it all over again to me it's a fight and i see the biggest difference between my my battle with depression before christ and my battle with it after is before christ it was pulling me it was bo- it was beating me. It was using me. It was pushing me into the ground. After Christ, I'm pulling it. I'm using it. I'm taking this story and pulling people out of depression, out of discouragement, out of suicidal ideation. And so I, that's my, my that's my that would be my advice. Is talk about it, complain about it, whine about it. But when you do all of that, make sure you build yourself up. Make sure you, make sure you speak some words of life over yourself. Make sure you remind yourself of who you really are in Christ, and not what depression and suicide is trying to tell you. Because you are more than your thoughts. You are more more than what the enemy's telling you. You are more than what even you think about yourself. You are who God says you are. And as simple as that may seem, it's the most powerful transformational truth that there is, is that you are who God says you are.
0: Yeah, that's right. Our transformational truth today is temporary pain often reveals permanent purpose. Uh, Daryl, where can people find you?
1: Man, hit me up on Instagram, Stinson Speaks, or just Google me, man. I, I love that my name is
0: Googleable, you know. <laughs> listen if you'd like to connect with daryl stinson please check out the links that we've included for you in the show notes and if a transformational truth is helpful to you please do me a favor take a moment go to apple itunes rate the show write us a quick review leave a five-star review if you would that'd be super helpful to us because i want to help you restore the joy to your life in leadership daryl i love you i'm super proud of you thank you for speaking to us today
1: thank you (laughs) thank you